Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 117 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a cracking show lined up for you today. In a short while, I'm going to be sharing with you this week's interview with my guest Graham Weber. Then, in place of this week's usual hypnosis in the news slot, I'm going to be addressing the topic of hypnotherapists who spout conspiracy theories. Uh, we then return with our professional discussion with my guest, Graham Weber. We'll be talking about a recent project of his, and he shares his thoughts on how to get good quality CPD. We'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate. As well as doing its best to inform and educate, I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub, and all of whom, following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted in the episode notes section at iTunes and on each episode's page on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. You can add your thoughts, comments and make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy the podcast, do give us a favourable rating, even a, a review at iTunes. Uh, I'll be your BFF if you do. And it takes just a couple of seconds, just a couple of clicks to do that. Um, I mean, it helps us greatly. So um, first up today is this week's interview uh, with Graham Weber. Uh, Graham put a big and immovable smile on my face at last year's UK hypnosis convention. Uh, there he was in the bar on the Friday night, guitar over his shoulder, strumming riffs, singing his heart out with lots of other hypnotherapists and keeping spirits very high among the attendees who were still up at that hour. Um, and as you'll find out, um, Graham is a, a, a military man, he's a magician, an entertainer, as well as a hypnotherapist and trainer, and applies his personality and his passion for these subjects in all that he does. Um, and especially, I kind of thought, you know, especially as he's a speaker for the first time at this year's upcoming UK Hypnosis Convention, um, I really wanted to invite him onto the show. So let's get on with it, shall we? For now, get comfy, my friends. Turn up the volume, sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. <music> So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome this week's guest, the one and only Graham Weber. Graham, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Hi, Adam. Great to be here and uh, be on this, yeah? Yeah, so, so tell us about yourself. Um, um, you know, t tell us, how did you get into the field? What's your, what's your background? And how have you arrived at these, the, these heady heights where you're at now? So, my actual background is military. I'm, I am actually still a serving soldier. Um, but 
I got into hypnosis through my hobbies in magic. Um, right. I, was, I was learning. Well, I was I was actually saving to get married, and uh, I come across uh, magic, and I started practicing. So it stopped me going out and, and partying and such like. Uh, and then eventually, uh, a lot of content started to come online that was uh, able to be bought and be able to teach you hypnosis. And I was actually studying hypnosis for about four years before I was successful with it. Um, I was watching all Anthony's um, DVDs and, and multiple bits and bobs and books, um, but it never quite clicked in place with me. Yeah. Uh, but I just I, all I wanted was the stage and the street side of it to complement my magic um, until I was working in a training establishment, and one of my friends had been diagnosed with chronic PTSD. And all of a sudden, I don't, you know, I'd already done a little bit of therapy, helping people with spider phobias and and confidence boosting and stuff like that, just like kind of just through suggestion. But then I really wanted to know a lot more about um, why why is it people get stuck in these these thought processes and and you know the way obviously the way you're talking to people and you experience a similar sort of thing. Why isn't that? I'm not like that as well. Um, so yeah, that kind of led me to. I did. I did some online courses. Didn't agree with them myself. I did sure. another. Did some other courses. It never have, gave me the confidence to get out there. And then eventually, I come across Carl at the UK Hypnosis Academy. I did his yeah. diploma, and yeah, it, it, that helped give me confidence and boost up there. Really. Yeah. 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 Great. 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 I um. I'm. I'm I'd be really interested to hear. You know how how. How, where you're at with hypnosis, you know, um, 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 how, you, how you explain it, um, when people ask you about it, you, you, you know, within, within, within the army, you know, how people are, you know, how you answer when people ask you about that, how you explain it to your clients, perhaps, and, and, and how you define it and how you've arrived at that definition. You know, you've had a bit of a journey with this topic, and I, I'm just re really interested to hear where you're at with it. So I used to always use the very classic um, sort of conscious, subconscious story, you know, where, you, you know, the thoughts in the back of your head is your conscious thoughts. And then, you know, the reason why we eat, breathe, sleep, drink without even knowing uh, is your subconscious. And um, I sometimes explain neurological pathways, although obviously to layman that goes a little bit over the top of the head sometimes. Sure. So I, 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 I still like to keep that um, conscious, subconscious um, process going due to the fact that it's easy to understand. Now, my, my belief is is it's a heightened state of focus. So you're getting someone to focus on something that much so that you're allowing their brain to create a belief. And in doing so, creating a belief allows the relevant neurons, the relevant electricity matter in the brain to be able to create a realism with what's going on inside, which then allows whatever you require to be absorbed, understood, and obviously using the correct wording and understanding. I am not the most educated person in the world, um, but as long as you keep it clear, you keep it steady, and you do it in the right sort of, um, in the right sort of way with the right compassion, I suppose, um, you tend to find you get the best results from it. So yeah, right. so yeah that's, that's, how I like, that's how I like to break it down. And, and, and you know, I think as well, um... Um, when you uh, when you're really congruent with it, you know people people connect with you, and and that connection is going to be is going to be really important with regards to the kind of results that you derive. Um, 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 you know, so I, I, I hear you with regards to that. Um, um, so so I mean, you mentioned a few people just when you were kind of talking about your background a little bit. 
Um, I'm, I'm t tell me, tell me about some of your major influences in the field. Um, um, some of the books, some of the authors, perhaps, or maybe some of the teachers that have been most influential upon you. Um, um, yeah, just just uh, let us know a little bit about that. So at, at the early starts, as I mentioned before, um, Anthony Jackwin and the, the yeah. whole headpackers uh, for the street side of stuff, uh, the Trilby Connection, Manchurian approach. Um, I even uh, spoke to Amit um, Bandiani as well. He, he gave me some some coaching. Um, I read quite a lot of John Chase's stage books as well, which made it, it was quite well written in, in layman sort of way, so it was quite yeah. easy to pick up. Um, I dabbled in lots of different bits, you know, buying bits from off the internet and off even off eBay just to see what comes through and 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 trying and everything. And then, like I said, I ended up um, chatting and meeting Carl Smith. I completed his diploma and it resonated with me. I don't know if it's because he's yeah. past past military. I'm current military. We both spoke on a level term, yeah. um, but I was able to then go out, achieve what I needed to achieve. Um, I was getting really good results. I was, you know, and then and then eventually, obviously, he asked me to come come back and work with him. Um, but also, things like the convention, you know, I've done the last two years and just having the time to listen to and, and see what everyone does, really, because hypnosis, in my eyes, is it, it's not limited, but it's only limited to how far you're willing to stretch it. Um, and each person who brings their own metaphors, their own examples and stuff like that, um, if, even if I take a snippet of each person and be able to put it into my, into my practice and I get a good result from it, then I find everyone really an influence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so th th throughout the years that you've been working within this field and that you've been, you know, learning and training and exploring and, and working with clients and, and then, you know, because I, I know you do some training yourself, you know, you've run some trainings yourself and so on. Um, um, what, what's been one of the most impressive applications of hypnosis that, that you've directly witnessed? So for me personally, um, on my, so my very first Connect Shift course I did for the UK Business Academy, it was in Salisbury. I kept it close to my house. I did. There was a lady on there, uh, Nikki, her name was. And um, when, when she booked on, she made us aware that she was actually, she only had 30% of her hearing. Um, oh so she lived so bed. <laughs> so no better way than when you're very first on a course is to, uh, to take on a challenge. Yeah. So I, I, so I said to Bev, you know, I'll, I'll, I've got an idea in place that I'm going to work with. I did my whole pre-talk, obviously, so clearly in front of her so she could read my lips. And I said, you know, whenever I tap this shoulder, you'll go deeper. If I tap you on the forehead, it, you know, you'll count to five to bring yourself out. If I tap you on the left shoulder, um, then you just, you're just to open your eyes and be able to lip read me for, for suggestion. And it was like, okay. So we, so we went through that uh, and it worked and she felt really good about herself. And then I suppose I, I just took the ball by the horns and I got her to concentrate on her hearing. And just by implementing some of the parts that we use in um, Kinetic Shift, I just suggested about turning her hearing back up. And then all of a sudden I could see the welling up in her eyes and she pointed to her, over her left shoulder and she just said, is there a man in this room with an Irish accent? And, the, and, the, and there was. And obviously, wow. and then... It was from from that point then she ended up um, actually turning down her hearing aids because otherwise she was getting too much feedback in her ears. Um, and I've checked in with her multiple times and and she's still in a better place for it. Now, is it the hypnosis? 
well, yes, I believe part it, it is, but obviously I haven't fixed her ear, eardrums or anything. I think I've literally taken away the complacency of the fact that she was deaf and how she was too busy concentrating on the lip reading to ign- allow herself to ignore her hearing. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So it was pretty mad. It was a pretty magical moment, and yeah. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you've kept in contact with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love to hear that stuff. Um, 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 I, how amazing! How amazing! <laughs> um, um, so, 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 you know, th- throughout the period of time that uh, that you've been training and you've been learning and you've been, you know, that they've been working, um, um, if you could go back to when you when you started out, when you were starting out you know, within these fields, you know, studying them and exploring them, knowing the stuff that you know now. Is, is there anything you do differently? And if so, what? Is there any advice that the person you are today would give that, that younger you that you'd, that you'd share um, um, with, with our listeners, you know, as far as the, 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 the kind of development of their education or their career is concerned and so on? Personally, for me, it's confidence. Now, right. I know... I seem like the the loud northern lad who gets his guitar out and does magic and things. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's seen that in action. That's something I've had to develop too. Um, as I said at the start, I first was studying uh, hypnosis for about four years. You know, I already had showmanship on my side with my magic and things, but I could never get the hypnosis to stick. Until one day, um, I was confident. At, well, I wasn't. It wasn't. That I was confident. I was doing my magic, and someone said to me. Well, what else can you do? I said, well, I'm a hypnotist. I said, hypnotist. And I didn't even say anything, like, obviously about your wording. I didn't drop it. I just said, I'm a hypnotist. I didn't imply to how much I'd done before. Hypnotized him, had phenomenon, and did, you know, a little skit, just made him, you know, count his fingers and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I was blown away. And obviously, at that same point, after after we finished the, everything, brought him back round, everything was sorted, um, I was like, wow, that's the first time I've ever actually done that. But then someone else asked me to hypnotize him straight after, and lo and behold, it never took place. Now, my belief is that my confidence at first dis- declared that I was an all-master hypnotist. But the second person was like, well, I'm only the, ever, the second ever person to do this. And it's like what I, I say to a lot of my students, you know, um, if you used to go into a barber shop and ask for a cutthroat um, shave, would you allow that one apprentice who they said, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's done two two shaves before. Uh, do you mind? Um, you know, it's, you know, raise a sharp blade against your throat. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if, if, as far as people are thinking, you're about to play with their mind. Um, you obviously need to have the belief in their set that you've done it a thousand times already. So com- yeah. for me, it's absolute confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um... Because you know, I'm guessing that the people, you know, anybody that's encountered you would would really find that difficult to believe. Certainly, I would find that difficult to believe that you've ever suffered with confidence. Because, um, you know, I've like, like I said, I, I've I've seen you uh, playing your guitar in the bar and uh, and and doing and doing impromptu bits and pieces, and you know, and some of the clips that you've put online, you know, where you're teaching and and presenting. Um, um, it, it's amazing to think that that you ever st- suffered with confidence, and and so you, you you'd recommend you know d- just just doing it and doing more of it. Well, yeah. So you know, um, I still do deal with confidence. I just look at it in a different limelight. If it's anything that hypnosis has ever helped me with, it's it's confidence. Um, yeah. You know, so when when I talk to people like with anxieties, I I always talk about when I was when I was back at school, 
um, reading reading a book and stuff to people when you right. when you had to stand up and read a page. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't the best reader, and you know you hear people sniggling and stuff behind you, and I you know I, I believe your memories make it only worse for the next time. So 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 yeah, so it all comes down to bits like that. I, I I'm an instructor in the military, um, so I've had quite a lot of practice at that stuff now, and I've come to terms with realizing that you just have to break straight through the barrier. Even, even, believe it or not, even doing my magic, um, I've had friends with me there, and I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to go and do some tricks, and it, t- it sometimes takes me a good half an hour to actually get a pack out of my pocket and start doing it, unless someone's asked really? me. Someone asks me, then Sherman hat goes straight on. But if I have to break that barrier, it can take me quite a while. Right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, interesting. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I'm, I'm so we're, we're going to talk a little bit more detail about um um. um about, about a kind of specialist area of yours. Um, for now, where can people go to learn more about you, your work, your training, and the things that you do? Um, so my website, Graham Weber Hypnotherapy. Um, so I've got everything on, on there that I do. I also have a Facebook group, uh, Hypnosis Online Meetups, which is something I've recently created. It's just, so I was sick and tired of trying to arrange meetups with different people, but life getting in the way. And usually it was like trying to get out of the house, come and meet and things. So I thought, well, why not bring it online? Um, so we started bringing that online. So we have monthly meetups there. Uh, uh, so, yeah, hypnosis online meetups there. All the courses that I teach through the UK Hypnosis Academy. And that's um, ukhypnosisacademy.co.uk. Yeah. Great. Great. So um, um, there will be, I, I will put links to, to all of those different sites um, on this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website, they'll also be in the the iTunes and the Stitcher uh, episode notes for those of you that are that are subscribers. Uh, we will be back with Graham Weber in just a few minutes' time. Stay tuned. Enjoyed that. Uh, we'll have more from Graham shortly. So next up, as I said um, I'm earlier in the show, I'm, I'm in place of our usual hypnosis in the news section, um, which is which is happening far less uh, frequently uh, th- th- than ever currently. I've, I've, clearly, I've got a lot to say at the moment. Um, I'm t- I wanted to talk about um, something that, that that I've written about and put in a video um, recently. Um, 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 with regards to how to debunk conspiracy theories that abound within the, the hypnotherapy field. So I'm kind of donning my foil cap a little bit here. You know, I mean, you may have seen me wearing one if you, uh, if, you, if you follow my YouTube channel or you see me on Instagram. Um, um, as you know, I'm hoping to protect myself and shield my brain from threats such as electromagnetic fields, mind control, mind reading, all the kinds of things that I'm sure many associate with the field of hypnosis out there in the world. And that there is a big problem as far as I'm concerned. When as a field we're seeking to advance and develop and come in out of the fringes, it's such a shame to see so much paranoia and conspiracy being spouted by so many members of it. Um, I mean, I even saw a fairly prominent hypnotherapist sharing an article about chemtrails this week. And, you know, don't get me started on all those hypnotherapists who share David Avocado Wolf memes that seem certain of so much conspiracy. You know, um, I, I mean, don't get me started on him saying that gravity is a toxin and, 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 and octaves from chocolate uh, transcend uh, all kinds of healing powers. Um, um, anyhow, anyhow, um, it, it, it's it's. 
It's no conspiracy, David Av uh, Avocado Wolf. You know, I'm, I'm big farmers not out to get you. It's just you, you, your complete derision of science and the lack of evidence for anything that you post that creates the, the, the critique that you receive. Um, anyhow, let's get on. Um, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, um, a real hero of mine, he's an American astrophysicist, science communicator, and he said the following. I'll read this quote. Uh, one of the biggest problems with the world today is that we have large groups of people who will accept whatever they hear on the grapevine just because it suits their worldview, not because it is actually true or because they have evidence to support it. The really striking thing is that it would not take much effort to establish validity in most of these cases, but people prefer reassurance to research. There ends the quote. Um, and it's so true, this, this quote, it's so true within the hypnotherapy field. So many just want to be reassured that it's the government or big pharma covering up the virtues of hypnotherapy. Uh, so many want reassurance that the way they were trained was the best and only way. Uh, that many of the myths they perpetuate are true. And if someone publicly says something that they like, then they don't question it or they don't seek validation. It's something that I speak of often on this podcast. I recently saw a video of someone suggesting that the NHS here in the UK actually want to hamper the success of hypnotherapists for stopping smoking, as stopping smoking um, or stopping people from smoking costs the government money, so therefore the government are out to, to sort of uh, uh, prevent them from stopping smoking and holding the field of hypnotherapy back. Um, I mean, firstly, there's no evidence to support that whatsoever. I mean, who's doing it, honestly? Uh, who's giving the commands? Secondly, surely people stopping smoking would lessen the burden on our health system. It would keep uh, you know, more people in work and contributing to a healthier, wealthier society, surely. Um, yet here was someone, a quite prominent hypnotherapist, um, I'm saying that hypnotherapy was getting repressed by greater forces because it would cost our government money. And, you know, is that the sort of conspiracy that serves us well as a field? You know, I, I don't think so. Um, Mark Twain once said, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Um, we're all prone to believing half-truths, you know, forming connections where there are none to be found or finding importance in political and social events that may not have much significance at all. Just like pop culture tells us that the big pharmaceutical companies know all about the simple natural cures for everything. Loads of hypnotherapists adhere to this kind of populist narrative that hypnotherapy is somehow held back. It's covered up or repressed by government agencies and big pharma. Um, should you be unfortunate enough to contract some mental illness, the best that doctors are going to give you is some synthetic patented drug that can be sold to you for a high profit. Um, um, it won't work as well as that uh, hypnotherapy would, you know, according to these, these conspiracy theorists. But guess what? You've just been victimised by that big pharma conspiracy, which is one of the most popularly believed conspiracy theories in the world, let alone the, the hypnotherapy field. The basic big pharma conspiracy says that pharmaceutical companies suppress natural cures and approaches such as hypnotherapy on the principle that they're not patentable and thus not profitable to sell. So they instead distribute only patented, expensive and you know, less effective drugs. And this allows them to keep profits up. And since you know, the drugs are less effective, it keeps patients sick enough to require more and more of their expensive products. 
Um, most familiar is the claim that the, you know, a perfect cure for all cancers exists out there, but big pharma suppress it because if everyone was cancer free, it would kill their profitable cancer business. Um, and this is really similar to, to hypnotherapists openly saying that governments don't really want us hypnotherapists to successfully stop so many people from, from smoking. Um, a quick and easy way to hear the big pharma type of conspiracy elucidated in detail is to watch the videos and talk with as many hypnotherapists as, as I do at so many events and, and you know, on forums online. So many recite the big pharma or the government anti-hypnotherapy conspiracy narrative and say stuff like, you know, the, 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 the kind of stuff that I've been hearing for the past 23 years in this field, you know. That, that doctors see patients as diseases, not as humans, or doctors only treat symptoms, not causes. Doctors' only motivation is to make money and earn kickbacks from pharmaceutical companies by prescribing particular drugs and keeping those patients on those drugs. Um, one piece of evidence suggesting that big pharma conspiracy might not be as successful as its believers claim is that real conspiracies are actually discovered and are eradicated in the industry all of the time. You can go and look them up. Um, if you're a member of my, um, my college Facebook group, um, you can see that I've actually cited a bunch um, I'm, I'm in there in the comments section where I, I've written about this. Um, you know, it's one thing to believe conspiracy theories like all the world's leaders are reptilian aliens in electronic disguises. Thank you, David Icke, for that one. Or that the Air Force does experiments on captured aliens at Area 51. And, you know, those things don't typically impact the lives of intelligent adults in the real world. But the big pharma conspiracy does. You see, it suggests, it enables and it encourages distrust of the medical profession. Obviously, that's bad for public health. It drives people away from good, effective solutions in many cases. The hypnotherapy field should be seeking to work alongside and with conventional healthcare to help advance what people do, not to always position itself as an out-and-out -out alternative um, and try and ostracise itself from conventional medical approaches. Um, um, you know, th th we've got a lot of a lot of evidence that shows when we work in harness with people, you know, it, 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 it advances therapeutic outcomes. Um, let me attempt to define a conspiracy theory, you know, a belief that a small group of people is working in secret against the common good to create harm in some way or to affect some negative change in society, to seize power for themselves or to, to hide some deadly or consequential secret. You know, an actual conspiracy is when a small group of people is working in secret against the common good. And anyone who tells you that can easily distinguish fictitious plots from the real ones, you know, probably hasn't read much history. Um, um, you know, I, I get that. Um, I'm, and, and, you know, I'm not suggesting that all conspiracy theories are just fallacious. Um, but, but conspiracy theories do tend to flourish, especially well at times of rapid social change or when we are reevaluating ourselves and perhaps facing uncomfortable questions in the process. And it's not merely that conspiracy theories are thriving. They're also becoming more absurd, less substantive and harder to refute, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, so, you know, why do people believe in, in, in so much conspiracy? Um, um, you know, although conspiracy beliefs, beliefs can occasionally be based on some uh, rational analysis of the evidence, most of the time they're not. Um, you know, as, as human beings, one of our greatest strengths is our ability to find meaningful patterns in things around us and to make causal connections. Um, however, we sometimes see patterns and causal connections that are just not there, especially when we feel that events are beyond our control. 
And the, 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 the attractiveness of conspiracy theories may arise from a number of cognitive biases that, that characterise the way we process information. You know, we all know about and have spoken often about confirmation bias as one of the most pervasive cognitive biases. And, and, and it's a powerful driver of belief in conspiracies. We all have a natural inclination to give more weight to evidence that supports what we already believe. And we ignore evidence that contradicts our belief. Um, um, the real world events that often become the subject of conspiracy theories tend to be intrinsically complex and unclear. Proportionality bias, you know, it's another driver of conspiracy theories, our innate tendency to assume that big events have big causes may also explain our tendency to accept conspiracies. And it's one reason that some people are uncomfortable with the idea that President John F. Kennedy was the victim of a deranged lone gunman um, and, and, and found it easier to accept the theory that he was the victim of a large scale conspiracy. Another relevant cognitive bias is that of projection, you know, something we know about in our therapy rooms. People who endorse conspiracy theories may be more likely to engage in conspiratorial behaviours themselves, such as spreading rumours or tending to be suspicious of others' motives. If you would engage in such behaviour, it may seem natural that other people would as well, making conspiracies appear more plausible and widespread. Furthermore, you know, people that are strongly inclined towards conspiratorial thinking will be more likely to endorse mutually contradictory theories. Now, none of these things necessarily mean that all conspiracy theories are false. You know, I'm not making that claim. Some may indeed turn out to be true. The point is that some individuals may have a tendency to find such theories attractive. They're not really sure what the true explanation of an event is, you know. Um, they're simply certain that the official story, so-called, is a cover-up. In, you know, in the hypnosis and hypnotherapy fields, you know, we are considered alternative by some practitioners, especially those that that, 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 that empathise with the likes of, you know, David Avocado Wolf, you know, who, who, who propagates a lot of conspiracy theories, like I said earlier. You know, when you show people out there, especially people in our field, that there are some simple ways to debunk their conspiracy theories, um, um, you know, often, often there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of defence that's, uh, that, that's put up. You know, so, so typically what, what I tend to do and what I recommend other people do is, is show them the facts. You know, um, I mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson earlier on, and he has stated before, I'll quote him again, a conspiracy theorist is a person who tacitly admits that they have insufficient data to prove their points. A conspiracy is a battle cry of a person with insufficient data. It's probably the best way to debunk conspiracy theorists. You know, if someone in your professional field, your family or your social circle is an ongoing fount of conspiracy theories, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's probably the best way to debunk conspiracy theorists. Um, 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 you know, it, it's worthwhile to, to counter their stories with, with some truth or facts as much as you can. And that they'll often be at your fingertips. Just kind of fact check what other people have told you. This is why we need science and scientific thinking and critical thinking that I'm always banging on about in this field, you know, to stop such conspiracy theories from propagating and spreading. We need people to ask the questions and seek evidence for, for some of the crazy stuff that gets said out there, that gets accepted. Um, because of, you know, the people that say it with such conviction very often or because of their popularity. 
So, you know, we use rational strategies in everyday situations, you know, say something like, well, you know, these are some of the facts, my friend. Uh, the theorist may or may not prove willing to accept reality. But either way, others that are listening or others that are involved online are going to hear and see that evidence against the conspiracy and potentially be influenced as well. And, you know, initiate the discussions, you know, as therapists, as psychologists, we encourage our clients, our patients to to, to question um, um, underpinnings of certain beliefs, underpinnings of conspiracies. Likewise, you know, we ask them to, to follow that train of thought through to its natural conclusion to use, you know, in my own trainings, I teach students how to apply Socratic questioning techniques, critical thinking skills to equip their clients and patients with, with ways to examine their own thoughts and beliefs for evidence and validity. You know, if your friend thinks there's a vast government conspiracy to to keep people smoking and prevent hypnotherapists being so successful, ask a few gentle probing questions. You know, where are those orders coming from? How is that being implemented? Is there evidence that supports this statement? You know, how much money does the government make from smokers? How much money would the government make if there were less smoking related illnesses being dealt with by our NHS? You know, we should push back. There are studies that show that people can be nudged out of their conspiracy theories, you know, showing them the facts. Um, 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 you, you know, and whether it works or not, um, um, at least other people with an earshot will, will get some solid facts. So you might not reduce the number of conspiracy theorists in your midst, but you might at least stop a few new ones from forming. You know, my issue is not really about Big Pharma. You know, it's more about um, um, that a lot of people think the hypnotherapy field is, is held back. But the Big Pharma conspiracy in general is problematic as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, and like I said earlier, it suggests, enables and encourages distrust of the medical profession. The Big Pharma conspiracy, however, takes attention away from some of the real problems that do exist within the pharmaceutical industry. You know, when we invent, invent an, an imaginary bogeyman as a placeholder because we're not familiar with what the real problems might be we go forward with bad information and we lobby and we talk to our friends and we spread bad information and then more people have a wrong understanding of what the actual issues are within the pharmaceutical industry one of those is a problem with transparency of clinical trials another is the inherent conflict of interest with drug manufacturers having to fund and oversee their own trials you know but when more people remain ignorant of these um, and instead demand action on imaginary cancer cures being suppressed or, or, or that the government's um, trying to stop uh, uh, people from, from, from smoking cessation. You know, everyone loses. Most people die in a hospital undergoing treatment for whatever their terminal condition is. Thus, there's always going to be a temptation for those mistrustful of science to blame the medical treatment for the death rather than the disease that was being treated. There's enough of a public relations conundrum for the medical industry without additional layers of even more irrational paranoia and conspiracy mongering being stacked on top of that. You know, use pharmaceutical drugs or don't use them. You know, that's up to you because it doesn't affect anyone but you. But the anti-big pharma conspiracy mongering does affect other people. So I recommend, especially as responsible hypnotherapists, that people take the trouble to, to better inform themselves before going on and spreading, um, um, you know, spreading the, this kind of uh, fear mongering conspiracy. You know, and, and if all else fails with a conspiracy, 
conspiracy theorist, you know, take a deep breath, walk away. Um, um, conspiracy theories are an unfortunate part of our life. They're an unfortunate part of this field, um, it seems. Um, um, and we can keep seeking the truth and repeating the truth. Uh, on some days, you know, that might make you feel like, well, you know, a member of the select few. That's how it makes me feel for sure. Um, but when asking the tough questions um, I'm, I'm, I, and speaking as I am doing here, you know, I'm pushing back against some of the populist and lazy rhetoric. You know, you stand up and you effectively strove for something better for this professional field. Um, um, next up, anyway, let's move on. So next up, uh, we've got this week's professional discussion. I welcome back Graham Webber. We're talking all things CPD, continued professional development. Um, um, here is this week's professional discussion with my guest, Graham Webber. Enjoy. So I'm back and rejoined with this week's guest, Graham Webber. And uh, we're going to be talking all things CPD this week. Um, I'm going to be talking to Graham about CPD, about ongoing training once you've, once you're already qualified. Um, um, Graham, just tell me first of all, a little bit about, about how your interest has developed in, in CPD, about in ongoing training and, and, and what, what, what the kind of reason is that you have this interest in this area? I think the biggest thing is you, you see all the courses that are going on around and um, one of, you know, my, mine being one of them, and there's always a lot of interest towards it, but you never truly know what you're buying into as well. Um, that's one of the reasons why conventions and such, such like I, I enjoy them because you get you get a really good bite of the apple to to know exactly which sort of direction you want to go in, and and you get that you get that um, you get the understanding of the person who's going to be training you. As you know, it, I, I believe I'm much like um, the therapist who's working with you. If you've got a trainer who you resonate with and you get that that enjoyment from the, the the banter that goes with it and everything, then obviously you take a lot more information away from the weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. And so, and so when we're talking about when we're talking about the kind of um, 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 understanding of, of 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 CPD, good quality CPD, you know, what are we what what are we talking about here? You know, how how can people kind of discern from from what, what from what is good and what's going to serve them well? So, so really, for me, I, obviously, I just mentioned before my hypnosis online meetups. Um, for for me, what I wanted to be able to do is have something that's affordable that can get people to see the different sort of trainers and such like in the field um, that could provide some information towards what they do. You know, sh sh share like an hour's worth of information that then people could know whether or not they would like to then go and train in that field. You know, um, Barry Collins, for example, he did some stuff on limited beliefs, taking people through, you know, showing people arrow breaking and stuff like that. And we've just had a number of people from there go and do his actual firewalk instructors training, which which is fantastic. We've had other people with, like with Kaz and stuff, Kaz Riley and such like doing her training. But it's just, it, like I say, it's nice to connect it together. So then when it comes to it, um, <clears throat> everyone knows Right. Okay. That's the, that's the person there. I like I like how they deliver. And it, like I said, it's very much like along along the wavelengths of of the conventions. You know, um, jump, jumping into each one of them rooms and and seeing what they're going to deliver. Yeah. 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 So um um so 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 so, so getting a sense of getting a sense of what what it's about and and so on. Um um because it's, I I suppose when whenever we're talking about CPD and ongoing training, um, um I suppose there's 
there's there's a kind of limit to to, to that which um, to that which people can you know the amount of benefit that people can derive or, or rather the amount of knowledge that, that that a diploma course can give you know it can't be exhaustive of the entire field and sometimes we want to specialize sometimes we want to get very particular kind of advanced information and so on um, 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 and, and 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 so for you this has been something that that has become you know, of particular interest to, 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 to both offer and seek out. Because I know when we were speaking off air, you said that, that sometimes it could be a bit difficult to find really good quality CPD. Yeah, well, like, you know, as I've said before, I've got, I've got a full-time job as well as being a therapist in the evenings, plus I'm a trainer on the weekends. So when I do offer my time to be able to do some training, I need to ensure that it's um, the best quality that I'm going to get back for, you know, because um, I'm, I'm not, not only am I taking away um my spare time that i've got it's it's time that i have with my family which you know for me to be able to build up my business while i've got my time left serving um it's it's pretty valuable it's more valuable than any of the money that i'm actually spending on a course yeah yeah absolutely and so you know in order for for, for cpd to be to be valuable and to have been worthwhile as far as you're concerned you know, you know what, what what does it need to do it, for me it's it needs to be something that you can the next therapy session you go into, or within the next, I don't know, five or so, it's somebody you can pick up something and 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 put that that little bit of gold dust into it that you know, okay, I've 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 received what it's got. It's given me the belief that I can I can utilize it straight away, and that I can I can, I can be that one step higher than what I was just before. Now, obviously, sometimes CBD can be just going over the stuff that you've already done. Um, like you said before, a diploma, you know, we all come away from a diploma shaking our heads thinking what the hell's just changed in my life. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so then when it comes to going back to do, to do something, you know, along them lines, let's say a bit of parts therapy or something, you've done your parts and you come away, but you haven't used it. So even just keeping yourself current and competent, you know, it, even as an instructor, I have to keep myself current and competent all the time to make sure that, um, you know, there used to be a, EDIT method, which you explain, demonstrate, imitate, practice. Now the the government work on something called um, the PAR method, present, apply, review, and it's 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 about making sure that you're current with all them different ways. And obviously, as we all know as therapists, the brain's changing, so there's always something different to look at. And you know, some some of the methods which do still work, which are more classical, um, do need do sometimes need a small review. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I agree. I think um, um, what, what one of the things uh, you know, t- t- typically from from my own from my own perspective, you know, a lot of people that that come on my kind of CPD courses um, um, are, are you know are, are not going to get the kind of stuff that they got that they got on their own diploma courses because typically a lot of what I do challenges a lot of former learning. And one mm-hmm. of the things that that's always important for me, as far as CPD is concerned, is that it does seek to invigorate it does seek to seek to stimulate and it does kind of create a culture of challenging you know i don't see the point in cpd if people are just turning up looking to confirm what they already know for example so so i i I really like the idea of having something very tangible you know tangible and useful that people are going to be able to apply and use within their work Um, 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 you know I'm also a really big fan of questioning and challenging some of some of the ways in which we did things ordinarily you know I'm certainly you know within my own diploma course there are are kind of elements and aspects of it 
that I don't necessarily use in my own in my own personal and private work um, um, because it doesn't necessarily kind of fit 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 my style of working. Um, yeah. um, um, but but I, I like this idea as well of this 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 notion of reinvigorating as well some of the things that perhaps we're using less and opening our minds to a little bit more. I agree. It's like so. Um, I'm not NLP trained. Um, I haven't I haven't done NLP, but I know I know enough myself to be able to utilize what I'm you know what wording I'm using not yeah. you know obviously not all NLP techniques and it's something so the, the military pay for you to be able to do certain courses and that's something that definitely I want to ensure that I get in place before before I finish my time um but it's and like you just said then there's, there's parts that you don't use but you could probably if you if you was to you know replay back a session or something you may even realize that there's some small elements of word wording that you use that had you have not had that little bit covered then you wouldn't have realized that that you was actually using it yeah exactly exactly and and i think um i love the fact that you said um you know that, that you're listening back to something else that you did because you know uh, certainly a, 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 something that, that's really important within within my own work and within my own teaching is um how that you know that the importance of reflective practice and you know an experiential learning i'm guessing that within the army you know that this is me trying to teach you to suck eggs because <laughs> you know you, you have to reflect and review and learn from from what you're doing all of the time i'm guessing um, yeah. um and and you know i think that's really important that that practitioners are able to to recognize and be humble enough to to not think to themselves oh, i know all there is to know you know, I have nothing. I have nothing left to learn, and actually can identify gaps in their knowledge to then identify their CPD needs. Yeah, no, definitely. So, in so in July, I'm just about to do my uh, fifth fifth kinetic shift course uh, since I've been with the UK hypnosis convention uh, as, as a trainer. As a tra as a trainer, yeah. Right, so, right. But, the thing, but the thing with that is that every single one of the courses I've done someone has said something that has even taught me about how to approach it in a different approach something in a different manner yeah even if it's just a simple sentence about how and and that's that's the one thing that we always utilize that even if that happens you know we bring it back in we'll discuss it and we we'll say well how about this and and it's it's obviously um you know it, it's, it's one of them things that when when that happens it's like to, it's as if to say well, you know, we're all equal at the end of the day. You've had this sort of training, and from the way you're saying that, it's not saying it's right or wrong for me, but I like how that sounds, and I believe I'll get a better outcome by using it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and so do you think that, um, um, you know, your, your, your kind of army experience helps kind of, you know, has has, has helped you create a kind of, uh, ethic within your training and and, and and an approach within your therapy as far as ongoing training is concerned and as far as dedication to to, to, to your career is concerned and so on. Yeah, definitely, because um, obviously the, the British Army works off the backbone of integrity. So so if, if you've got integrity, respect for others um, and, and such like, that if you live off them core values, then you'll find that, that you deliver it in a, a much stronger way. Um, obviously, Anyone who knows me, whenever it who's talked with me, or you know, as you say, in, even at the bar at the convention, my my main aim in life is to make people smile. That's why I'm a magician. That's why I'm a hypnotist. That's why I play guitar. I'm an entertainer at heart. 
Um, and I believe if you can make people smile when they're in, in a learning environment, um, they'll remember it and take much more in. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I think it's really important, especially if you're going to be, you know, I, I mean, for, I'm, for, from my own perspective, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of what I teach is, is sometimes quite cerebral, you know, it's quite cerebral. And so, you know, to make it palatable, you want to make it fun and engaging and stimulating um, um, because, you know, otherwise that stuff could uh, could ensure that your classroom becomes a rather uh, a rather sad, a rather sad place to be if you're not careful. Um, um, so, 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 so what, t tell me about the kind of future direction of what you're doing as far as your training and so on is concerned. Um, so, so obviously I have to live my, I have to live my life, well not my life, my career in the training aspects one, one month at a time sort of thing. I can plan about six months just because I never know what's necessarily happening with me with my day-to-day -day job. Um, I have got, a, I've got a kinetic shift course running in Bedford in July. Um, other, other than that, the only other major thing I've actually got in place is obviously being at the convention with yourself this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking forward to having you as a speaker for the first time. Yes. Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, um, and, and what is it you're going to be speaking about? Just tell everybody there. I mean, obviously I know, but just yes. tell people that, that, that don't know. So when I was there last year, I looked at it and I've always had the ambition to, from seeing everything the first year, I was like, I want to be able to teach there. Um, but what can I give? Now, obviously, I could go and teach about hypnosis, but we're all hypnotists and we all know how to hypnotize already. But the one thing a lot of people, although I know there's a lot of ex-military in the in the therapy world, uh, a lot of people haven't served in the military. So I wanted to be able to give that information that um, that I know that's current, that's up to date, that's reliable. It's not the, the military has changed so much in the last 17 years that I've been in that. Um, just to understand, you know, what is what is that person who's sitting in front of you? What what wording is it that they're using? That, just so you don't have to keep saying, sorry, what does that mean? And such like. Yeah. So so when it comes to having, a, you know, a, a potential client who's serving or a veteran and they're talking in squatty language because that's what we all do, um, that, that you can understand them better. It, when, rather than them having to keep going over their, their back, or, or the meaning of what their job means, they can sit in front of you, you understand them, um, and you can work with them a hell of a lot more efficiently. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, I would be lost. Um, um, I, I have a really close friend who's um, ex-military who, who, who now runs a, um, um, a, a charity, and, and they're, they're all ex-military guys, and they go out to countries when, when countries have been hit by natural disasters, and, 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 and that they help distribute aid and things like that. Uh, it's an amazing charity. Anyone interested, it's called Rubicon. Um, um, but, um, um, and sometimes when he starts talking about some of his time in the military and some of the terminology he, he uses, uh, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he may as well be speaking Greek at that point. It's yeah. I, I there's many a times I have to realise from what I'm saying that it can be taken out of hand. It it sounds more aggressive than what it actually is. But it's also like you know I'm guessing that you know it's a bit like our own professional field. You know we have um uh, we 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 have a bunch of jargon and things that we that we probably never use with clients, but um, that a lot of people wouldn't know. Yeah. What, 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 exactly. what, that, what that kind of stuff means. Um, Absolutely. I've, I've, I've been that person where, and I'm Joe, you know I'm still exactly the same in the military when people you like to use TLAs as, you know, three letter abbreviations. Yeah. I'm 
I make up so much on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> just just so it makes me sound like I am smart and I know what it is, but then I soon get corrected. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, so Graham, people want to come and come and engage in some CPD with you. Um, they go and have a look at Graham Weber Hypnotherapy, and um, go and have a look at your Facebook group for the online meetups and the other courses that you're doing um, are over at the UKHA website. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I, I, I copy everything onto my Graham Weber Hypnotherapy that I'm doing anyway. Right. Okay. Uh, so so like they'll, to, they'll be able to find like all your courses and yeah, everything on that. I, one. I like okay. to keep my website as up to date as I possibly can. Um, it, yeah, but it's it, yeah it, as much as on there and uh, information about online meetups. I've got um, Melissa Tears on there in June, um, so she's going to be presented on the 17th of June at eight o'clock in the evening UK time. Um, and then we've got Tim Box a month after. It's just like, say, different faces. And Adam, if, if you're available sometime, it'll be amazing to have you Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'd be really offended if, if, if I wasn't invited soon. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> we could definitely talk in there. And especially, you know, to talk about the convention, what to expect. Uh, I don't know, you could even save a special announcement if you have one. Yeah, let me have a think. Let me have a think what so, kind of special announcement we can come up with. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah so, so for people tuned in, go check out Graham Weber's uh, uh, hypnotherapy site. Go check out his online meetups. Uh, um, loads of good stuff there. All that's left for me to say, Graham, thank you. Thank you for giving of your time. Uh, uh, thank you for joining and being uh, this week's guest on the uh, Hypnosis Weekly website. It's an absolute pleasure, Adam. Thank you for reaching out to me. Uh, I look forward to our catch up again soon. Yeah. I enjoyed that. There are links to the sites that Graham mentioned, uh, including his own site, of course, uh, over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website and at the episode night notes on iTunes. Um, um, finally, this week, then, our evidence-based factoid of the week is this, that uh, the effect of suggestion, uh, hypnotic suggestion, can be used to generate interest and add enjoyment to reading. Um, um, and this is a, a promising use in education, a study by Moll, Finnegan and Scharf um, um, that was uh, uh, conducted in 2015, published in, in 2016. Um, um, and uh, um, um, it's, uh, uh, it's a really lovely study. Um, and within the study, um, um, uh, the, the participants that were in the experimental condition, uh, they were given uh, suggestions, hypnotic suggestions, that reading that was not, not intended to be interesting would actually be fascinating and remarkable. Um, and, and the participants of the study that were in the control group were given task motivational instructions in which they were told to try and make it interesting. Um, so the suggestion that they were given had had a major influence on the participants' enjoyment of the reading, um, um, though though no effect was actually found for advancing reading comprehension. Um, um, and they conducted some in-depth qualitative interviews um, that indicated that the suggestion had a profound impact on some, especially those that were the most responsive to hypnosis. Um, um, and the lack of an effect in reading comprehension may be due to um, um, large variances across 
across the study. So, so, so when it averaged out, it didn't seem to make a, a, a huge amount of difference. Um, but, the, but the findings of this uh, um, suggest that, that hypnotic suggestion, when properly employed, may have a potential use in enhancing the learning capabilities of highly hypnotizable people. But for sure, um, it has some promising uses in education. And um, I mean, it's certainly not a use that we see talked about a great deal. You know, a lot of my own research, um, I, you know, I, I uncover um, many applications whereby hypnosis is being used as a, as a study aid or to advance study in an active alert fashion. Um, um, and, and it's lovely to see. There is a link to the research paper um, um, included on this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. Again, if you follow me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, you can find masses of, of memes relating to a variety of studies whereby hypnosis has been examined. Um, that's it for this week's 117th edition. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I've got many more exciting guests I'm going to be welcoming to Hypnosis Weekly in coming editions. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating and above all remaining friends. Next episode I'm going to be wel- welcoming Daniel Brown. We're going to talk, be, be talking um, all things LGBT+. Um, I'm a much more besides. Um, all the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website, www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Like I say, every week I welcome your thoughts, your comments, your suggestions and questions. Do message me or add them on the website and I'll make sure they are addressed, explored, answered uh, accordingly. Do share this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again go to Graham Weber, uh, this week's guest. My thanks to you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. (laughs) 